Welcome to Bible study. Let's jump into it. Back to another night of Bible study with your favorite girls from Quirks of Creation who are obviously having major tech issues. <laughs> I said to Jess, I was like, it's the Mondayest Monday ever. I don't it's, know. <laughs> I feel this deep in my soul. I don't know what it is. If it's this hurricane that's coming up from oh. Florida, it's just like, yes, I feel that so intensely. Yes. But oh we're going to make it. We're going to get through. Yeah. Nothing's going to distract us from what we're here to do today. Facts. Facts. <laughs> so we're here. We're doing it. We're jumping into Genesis even more. So, yay. I love it. it it's a big night. It's it's the basically everything we've talked about so far in Quirks. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So we've done all the re- other research and now we're jumping into more just the Bible portion of it, which I'm excited about. So me too. Before we get started, do you want to pray for us? Absolutely. Awesome. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this night and thank you for this time we get to be together. Thank you that we have an opportunity to just dive into your word to learn more about you. Holy Spirit, be with all of us and those watching, those listening, those who are with us in spirit. I just pray that we're all touched, that we all learn something new and that we grow closer to you as we continue on this journey. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I love it. Me too. Right. I'm, were, I'm so proud of our new setup for Bible night. I know. If you're watching, it's gorgeous. De- just did so much work on our background and just all the cool... Just Quirk's got a major upgrade. Yeah. She gave us a facelift and it's beautiful. Oh, I love thank it. Thank you. Yay. Actually, it's just me doing hardcore task avoidance. <laughs> but it's fine. I mean, yeah. I I, I appreciate it. Thanks. So. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to start reading or do you want me to start reading? Sure. I do I'll get I'll get us going. So we ended with chapter four. Now we're gonna jump into chapter five. And again. Here we Be go ready with the for, names. <laughs> here we go with the names, and here we go with the hardcore messing them up. But that's okay. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so chapter five, Adam's descendants to Noah. This is the book of the generations of Adam. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Male and female, he created them, and he blessed them and named them man when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. The days of Adam after he fathered Seth were 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. When Seth had lived 105 years, he fathered Enosh. Seth lived after he fathered Enosh 807 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. When Enosh had lived 90 years, he fathered Kenan. Enosh lived after he fathered Kenan 815 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enosh were 905 years, and he died. 
When Kenan had lived 70 years, he fathered Mahalalel. Yep. Hey, but awesome. Yep. Hey, huh. So it seems pretty young to have a kid. Uh, yeah, comparatively so speaking. <laughs> couldn't, I couldn't help throwing that out there. Sorry. Uh, chapter or verse 13. So Kenan lived after he fathered Mahalalel. 840 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Kenan were 910 years and he died. When Mahalalel had lived 65 years, oh, getting younger, he fathered Jared. <laughs> Mahalalel lived after he fathered Jared 830 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Mahalalel were 895 years and he died. Did they say his name like 20 times or is it just me? <laughs> they had to make sure to get in there 20 times just so you had to say just it. Just for me. Times. That's right. <laughs> when Jared had lived 162 years, he fathered Enoch. Jared lived after he fathered Enoch 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Jared were 962 years and he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch, Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. When Methuselah had lived 187 years, he fathered Lamech. Le Methuselah lived after he fathered Lamech 782 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Methuselah were 969 years and he died. When Lamech had lived 182 years, he fathered a son and called him Noah, saying, Out of the ground that the Lord has cursed, this one shall bring us relief from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. Lamech lived after he fathered Noah 595 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Lamech were 777 years, and he died. After Noah was 500 years old, Noah fathered Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Mm. That was a lot of names. So old when he had his sons. Yeah. He was. It's like everyone started getting younger, 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 and then Noah's like, nah, man. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. <laughs> I'm just going to wait. I got time. I, I just want to sit did. down with all of these kids who are like in, in Christian school and be like, you know, Noah waited 500 years. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. You're, You're fine. fine. You're going to be okay. <laughs> exactly. Your hormones can calm down. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, um, I always knew that Methuselah was like the oldest in the Bible because that was like my dad's favorite thing to reference. Like, he's older than Methuselah. Like that. Isn't old. that literally every dad's favorite thing to reference? <laughs> favorite dad joke. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Anything serious. <laughs> <laughs> you want to say about um, chapter five enoch yes so where does it say it uh that uh, verse 23 thus all the days of enoch were 365 years enoch walked with god and he was not for god took him does that mean that god just like subsumed him into heaven right Right. Uh, I always thought so, like he was one of the few people in the Bible who didn't actually die, just either ascended into heaven. There, I was reading up on this like briefly, just some little blips on the line about like, what does chapter five mean? It's like, it's a genealogy. No, I know. But I want <laughs> but more is than there that. more? Uh, I guess there's this, you know, thought that maybe 
he's still alive, but like hanging out alive. It just said he's still alive. And I'm like, what does that mean? I don't, again, it's just one of those like, I have questions. Theories? I have yeah. questions. Let me see if I can find it in, in my giant Bible with the notes. Um, let's see. Nanasi says, snapped his divine fingers and voila, Enoch was in heaven. I mean, hey. Yeah. If that could have been it. But we don't know. Because it very specifically, everybody else died. Even my Bible notes is like, okay, listen. The most <laughs> fascinating name in this listing is that of Enoch, not the son of Cain of the same name. The phrase right. Enoch walked with God expresses a life of fellowship with and obedience to the Lord. It is. It also recalls the experience of Adam and Eve who had lived in even closer proximity to the Lord before the fall. He was not. This phrase does not mean that Enoch ceased to exist. Instead, it means that he was taken into God's presence for God took him. Only Enoch and Elijah ever had this experience. Right. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Isn't that crazy? Enoch's remarkable experience was both a testimony of his deep faith in God and a strong reminder that at the beginning of biblical history that there is life in the presence of God after death for the people of God. What Enoch experienced is remarkable, dramatic fashion is what each person who walks with God will experience everlasting life with the Savior. Oh, I love that. I love that too. Yeah. So yeah, it's, he was special. He was special. He was special. Oh, lucky. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. It's like if if I could just even have like a grain of that type of faith. Oh, gosh, I know. That would be amazing. Yeah. And I'm always like, I don't know. What What does it mean to walk with God? But not like, right. I, I mean, I know. But at the same time, it's like, how much different did that right. look, But their relationship look, than anything we've ever seen? I'm always so curious about that because I've heard pastors say that uh, the prophets in the Old Testament would be jealous of the Holy Spirit that we have today. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you ever heard that. Mm -hmm. Um, But me, I'm like, they straight up heard from God. Right, right. Would they? Would they be? Would they be jealous? What's what's the difference between God communicating with the prophets and the Holy Spirit as we experience it today? I don't know. And it's not like the Holy Spirit wasn't around. I mean, the Trinity, God, all of it was in the beginning. I don't know. Yeah, I just have questions. We just have questions. (laughs) We have zero answers, only questions. Only questions. Yeah, yeah I like what Nanasi says. Ask God when you get to heaven. Yep, yeah. basically. I'm just going to show up with my list. Okay, so since we have forever, let's get going. <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to know <clears throat> everything. Mm-hmm. All of it. Yes. <laughs> All the things. Just tell me. I'm ready. <laughs> that would be awesome. And he'll be like, no, you're not ready. Yeah. Like, you're here. You're still not ready. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts about five? Chapter five was pretty short. Yeah. Yeah. Just everybody lived to be ancient and had 
could have had so many children. Right. right. So this is the thing. It's like people say, oh, how could it be possible that the earth could have so many tribes if we all came from Adam and Eve? Well, Adam and Eve lived to be so many hundreds of years old and they were still fertile into those late years. Just saying. Kids all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. But, and that's why we get what happens in chapter six. Right. Right. Heads oh boy. Up. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> all right. Increasing corruption on earth. When man began to multiply on the face of the lands and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive and they took as their wives as they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His day shall be a hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on earth in those days, and afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of man, and they bore children to them, these were the mighty men of old, the men of renown. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man who I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God, and Noah had three sons. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Actually, do you mind if we talk about this first part yeah, before we yeah. get into the flood part? Because yes. there's just like so much here, and I know we're going to get to... S- there- Chapter 6 is thick. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. That's a good idea. Because <laughs> this um, just like sets up yeah, how bad things were. Exactly. So, a few things to point out, I think. So, with the sons of God... And the daughters of man. I did also read more up on this too, and I was there is an argument that sons of God was referring to like the line of Cain, mm. and that um, you know da- daughters of man were uh, not from that like awful line kind of right. thing. And I was like, that's interesting. But even what I was reading was like, you know, that's kind of a flimsy one. Why would that be set? Why would that create so much? trouble right but it's still an interesting um i don't theory to throw out there but this is the thing i do struggle with protestantism and is that we've lost so much of the deeply spiritual nature of the bible as a whole and especially the old testament because there was just you have to have context for why god made the judgment he did if you just say, oh, it's because man was being kind of bad and God was like, you know, I'm done with you. That's very, that's a Gnostic belief. Yeah. Th- that's very much like how the flood myths are all over the world. It's this, oh, you said it so good when we were watching Ancient Apocalypse. Ugh. Petty uh, God. Yes. Yes. I'm like, oh, I don't remember. <laughs> this petty God who's yeah. just kind of like ticked off. Yeah. Like, eh, you're funny. annoying. I'm out. I'm out. Right. And what we see in the Bible, like, again, just to compare, 
So you have his chosen people who they, the, the Israelites who are like, hey, we love you. And then, uh, but we're going to go worship Baal for a little bit. Okay, we're back. And and how much God forgives them. Right. And I think this shows us like he is, he loves us, but it's like his patience isn't forever. Like there is a limit. There are lines, there are boundaries. And this, I mean, there's, I'm saying they're big boundaries. Obviously, it was so bad that God was like, oh, my gosh, I regret this. That's pretty heavy. (laughs) That is super heavy. And there's kind of a little bit lost in translation, I think, when we read this story just from the Bible, because let's just kind of like look at it again. Mm -hmm. Uh, The sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive. Like, if you believed the the sense of Cain line, you, like you were saying, you'd think, oh, whatever. But when you realize it's the angels that God had put in charge of things that God was relying on to do the right thing, they were angels, for goodness sakes. Yes. But they chose to take physical form and... Lusted after these women. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That they weren't meant to mix. No. And again, it creates this like abomination. Not that that's the word used here, but you see it. The Nephilim were before and after the flood and all the, all the bad that comes from that. Right. And if you guys remember from our giant stream when we were talking about giants, before the flood, the Nephilim weren't a small thing. They were very much no. not a small thing. In fact, they were kind of mountainous in their size. Yeah, yeah. Even even bigger than, you know, like we always talk about David and Goliath as a big one, obviously the obvious one. And um, he was like minuscule. <laughs> Compared to the pre-flood Nephilim. Yes. And the part that always gets me, it's not like the fallen angels just were doing things with the women. There was a reason God had to wipe out everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then later told the Israelites to do the same with the Canaanites. Like, just get rid of it. Right. All of it. Yeah. And so this is where, what sets that up and where, if you follow along with this line, you see it throughout the Old Testament, like we've talked about. So yeah, here's the foundational piece. Exactly. <laughs> so if you go back and you're like a new listener and you're checking out some of our older episodes, we draw a lot of our understanding of creation from Genesis 6. Yes, definitely. I also wanted to point out too, I'm looking at my these notes that I pulled up because it's not just Genesis six. It's also in, excuse me, um, Job where, Oh yeah. These are also the sons of God are also referred to angelic creatures. So it's, I mean, we're focusing on Genesis right now, but it's not like it's just kind of this one Job does it as well. I'd like to read Job. I think that would be a fun read. It would be, it'd be if it, Yeah. There's so much more than just like his trials in Job. Right. Like, he does sit around and mope a lot. I mean, yes. To be fair. <laughs> to be fair. He's, he's got a lot to cry about, and he does. But there's a lot more going on in Job. Like, there's a lot more of the 
history and things that he uh, talks about that you're just like, he shouldn't have known that stuff. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah. So, Job mentions this too. Jude tells us that angels did not keep their proper domain. All of these things. It's It's all throughout. And then he made another good point that I can't find at the moment but anyway it wasn't it wasn't that big that's just kind of the there's that nugget right it's a good (laughs) nugget i mean like even in just these first eight verses of chapter six it's like the foundation of what we're about to experience and why there had to be a flood yes i also want to point out because it the last verse but noah found favor in the eyes of the lord doesn't mean noah was perfect doesn't mean he was without sin. Exactly. I mean, maybe comparatively, he didn't have to be that great. I'm not saying he wasn't. I'm not. I'm <laughs> I, I think it, just to be honest, the chapter that comes before this yep. is genealogies yep. for a reason. Yes, it's to show that Noah's line stayed pure, that Noah's line did not involve one of the fallen angels. Right. Exactly. Except for Noah's children, which... Except for... Well, yep. Freaking ham! Ham! <laughs> Have you ever watched Community? I love Community! <laughs> ham, girl! Okay, sorry. No, that's good. <laughs> I need one of those sound We need that, that button. Pe- we need that button. I'm going to make it anyway. Do it. Do it. Okay. <laughs> okay. We stopped at chapter 10, I think. Okay. Now, the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And again, so it's not just that the fallen angels were sleeping around. They were causing, like, real violence and real harm to the world. Yes, definitely. Everything was corrupted. Like, deeply, deeply evil. And this is probably when we get the first instances of, like, human and child sacrifice. Yeah. I know. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their ways on earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end for of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the, earth, the ark, 300 cubits, its breadth, 500. 50 cubits, boy, I can't read, yeah. and its height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above and set the door of the ark in its side. Make it with lower, second, and third decks, for behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you, and of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female, of the birds according to their kinds, and of the animals according to their kinds, of every creeping thing on the ground according to its kind, two of every sort shall come into you, into you to keep them alive. Boy, I can't read. 
<laughs> also, they take with you every sort of food that is eaten and store it up. It shall serve as food for you and for them. Noah did this, and he did all that God commanded him. Uh, I think that's kind of a big deal, because could you imagine just yeah. like God saying, uh, listen, you see how bad it is, right? I'm I'm done. I'm going to wipe it all out, so it's time to get to work. Yeah. Here's what you got to do, dude. And what I love about this, so of course we talked about this in our flood episode, but this is like, to m- you see a flood myth everywhere, and you very rarely see this much detail. Well, you don't see, you do not see this much detail on how this was made. Right. I think the closest is the Epic of Gilgamesh. And even in that, he's like, hey, take your house, that's a box, and turn that into a boat. Okay. Right. And cool. it's a it's a box. A box. I saw when I went to uh the Ark yes. Encounter in yes. Kentucky, they had this really cool video that showed all the flood myths and their constructions of yes. their different arcs or like boats or whatever they had and how they would actually hold up to cataclysmic floodwaters. And the one that held up the closest to the arc was Gilgamesh's, but you see it just like tumbling right. in the waves and it's just like spinning everybody around yeah. and it's like, forget it, your brains are scrambled. Right. Unless you're like strapped down, locked in and riding it like a... Like a centrifuge, so all your blood goes to your feet. Exactly. Uh, No, I love that they did that, and I love that they recreated the ark based on the what the Bible says. I know. And so you can go and you can see it and walk through it, and that's amazing. And it, like it, like you said, it gives you examples of all that. And with the with the box, it's like I guess. I don't know. Yeah, a box would float, but that's where all of it, that's where the comfort ends. (laughs) It's not designed for being on with the water. Right. There's a reason that ships are designed. (laughs) Are not. Right. Are not boxes. There's a reason ships are not boxes. They're designed to maximize buoyancy. And to handle the crazy waves. Yes. Boxes don't do that. No. But yeah, I love all the detail. And to me, that makes it what is the truth that everything else sprang from. Because it's like, it's all right here. And if this was the um, copy or the, if they were... um, taking this from the Epic of Gilgamesh, they did a really fantastic job. (laughs) Right. Of like, I don't know, lying. Whereas everybody else is like, yeah, build this, jump into a, jump into a coffin. A literal coffin. Yeah. Uh, And it's like, how do you fit all the animal kinds in there? It's like, I'm sure microevolution hasn't taken place for long enough for us to have quite the biodiversity we have i know i sound like an absolute nerd right now no i love it (laughs) but it's not like we have 50 different breeds of finches at this point okay (laughs) it's like we probably have one kind of finch and like one kind of canidid you know that descent from that descended the foxes and the dogs and the 
not the chihuahuas. Those come from rats. <laughs> um, yes, I agree. Sorry. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. He get what did, you're saying. When we yeah. imagine, like when we imagine the story of Noah's Ark, it's not quite as many animals. Right. As right. we probably think. Right. Exactly. But still. Not that he didn't still have to big a huge, huge boat. Yeah. Because it is it is huge. Did you, you went when you saw it. Oh, man. I wonder if I can pull up a picture of me and my husband standing next to it. Um, I might try. Entertain the people for a second. Do it. That's been on my bucket list and I know it's one of those you go and like can't see everything right. in one trip kind of a thing but um yeah this computer's <laughs> not connected to my photo album for some dumb reason <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll post a picture on Instagram later so if you guys are curious you can go and look at it but uh I stood next to the door that would have opened up to let all of the animals come in and I was like this big that's standing crazy. next to it. it. It was massive. It was so massive. It was just like overwhelming to stand in its enormous presence and know that yeah. it's built to scale. Yeah. This is how big it was. No one his sons built this. Everybody's mocking him. And, and so then this, you know, begs another question. Like people in archaeology think Moses couldn't read. But Moses comes after Noah. Yeah. And Noah had the mathematical skills and architectural skills. Yeah. To build that. Yeah. And carpentry, obviously, is a big thing in the Bible. (laughs) Right. But so early on, because so often we imagine, especially in Genesis, these just being like hunter-gatherer tribes. Very simple not really a civilization at all, if that. Right. But you have to have an incredible amount of intelligence, incredible understanding of physics, not in the physics as we understand it, like with numbers and stuff, but just, I don't, it's a different kind of understanding. Yeah, absolutely. It's so unfair and so biased to think that people of that day and age were less in, less intelligent than we were. It's like, if God told me to build a boat, I couldn't. Nope. Nope. I'm going to drown. <laughs> Facts. Same. Yeah. So <laughs> like, well, I'm done. Yeah. Well, nice knowing you. <laughs> so, no, it's not fair to say that. And I think Noah's one of the many examples of, I don't know, at least intelligent life. I think so. Not just intel. Like, this is very advanced. Yeah, way more advanced than you would otherwise think for hunter gatherer tribes. And you wonder who else around the world might have had similar advancements when fallen angels are coming out of the sky and stealing your women. Yeah, and giving you and teaching you things. Yeah. Bad things. Yeah. Yeah. No, these people had more than we give them credit for. That's for sure. At at the very least. Right. And then, and also, okay, not to, mm, here we go. Do it. Not just the the building the boat and everything else, but what did they lose? What 
what did we lose after the flood that we'll never get back? Or what has survived the flood, like um, archaeologically, that we have found that we're just like, what is this? And it it's more advanced than we can understand or that we can give it credit for. You know, like if an EMP blew out everything today and then in a few generations they came back and you see this in video games, you see this in short stories, you see this like, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Like if they were to find, uh, I don't know, uh, even a, I'm trying to think of like a cell phone, you know, but it has to charge, blah, blah. But even so, you find it, you pull it apart, and you're like, what was this? Right. Nobody would know. Nobody would think. And they'd be like, I don't know, is it a special brick they made? (laughs) No, like seriously, you know. And you have to imagine all that happens between now and when an advanced enough civilization who can do archaeology finds it, all the weathering that takes place, all of the sediment replacement that takes place. It's not a cell phone as we know it anymore. It's fossilized and calcified into something totally different, not even close to the starting material. So if we think about how things have changed for those ancient times, how different were they actually like, uh, I'm going to bring up ancient apocalypse again, which means you should go back and watch our uh, yeah. watch party. Cause that was super fun. That was fun. He was showing these uh, videos of these ancient sites. What, what he was in Mexico, right? So they were yes. these ancient Aztec buildings and they look so weathered and worn. And I just imagine, and it's heyday. It was probably painted. It was probably way more detailed than it is now instead of worn away. And archaeologists come up and they're like, oh, yeah, it definitely represents this. <laughs> and I'm like, you can't possibly know that. Yeah. You, you don't know. Like, you have an educated guess, but we're still guessing. Yeah. We're still. At least own yeah. up to the fact it's a guess. Like, I can respect someone who's like... Well, I'm I'm just guessing. I'm trying my best. Like, yeah. fair. To me, it looks like this. Or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In my brain. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. I like what Nana C says. We show our hubris when we downplay the intelligence of our ancestors. So. Thank you. So true. Thank you. Yes. Agreed. And then I think she's also right that unicorns are gone forever. <laughs> R.I.P. unicorns. I mean, we have the ugly unicorn, which is the rhino. Yeah. But I'd yeah. like the pretty unicorn back. Right. So a lot of legends say they're like kind of mean. Yes. Yeah. They weren't. They weren't really. No. They're, it's not My Little Pony, guys. No. <laughs> they weren't great. They weren't. They usually in the stories were not very nice. And Noah was like, you know what? I don't want to deal with that. You guys can stay here. I, you know, I can't say <laughs> I blame him. Um, yeah. Bringing in an animal with a weapon, it's like, no thanks. Nah, I'm good. You stay out here. Let me know how it goes. (laughs) Uh, And so one of the things I've heard people say is like, well, how did he take on these vicious carnivores and things like that? And one of the arguments that the Ark Encounter proposes is that he took on their young and not adults. That makes sense. I never even thought of that, but that's a great theory there too a bear cub's a lot easier to handle than a freaking bear yeah than mama bear that's for Mm. sure right no thank you 
A lot easier to feed too. Yeah. Yeah. A lot less to feed. Ooh. A lot less cleanup. (laughs) I can't imagine. All the things. We'll we'll get into how long he was actually in the ark. (laughs) That's a long time to be cleaning up that much animal stuff. Yeah. Like I've mucked out stalls. That was, that's, I do not envy them any of that. Nope. (laughs) All right. Are we ready for chapter seven? Yeah, let's do it. See what happens next. Okay. Then the Lord said to Noah, go into the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that you are righteous before me in the generations. Take with you seven pairs of all clean animals, the male and his mate, and a pair of the animals that are not clean, the male and his mate, and seven pairs of the birds of the heavens also, male and female, to keep their offspring alive offspring alive on the face of all the earth. For in seven days I will send rain on the earth, forty days and forty nights, and every living thing that I have made I will blot out from the face of the ground. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. Noah was six hundred years old when the flood of waters came upon the earth, and Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him went into the ark to escape the waters of the flood of clean animals and of animals that are not clean and of birds and of everything that creeps on the ground. Two and two male and female went into the ark with Noah as God commanded Noah. And after seven days, the waters of the flood came upon the earth in the 600th year of Noah's life in the second month on the seventh day of the month on that day, all the fountains of the great deep burst forth and the windows of the heavens were opened and the rain fell upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights on the very same day, Noah and his sons, Shem and Ham and Japheth and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them entered the ark. They and every beast according to its kind and all the livestock according to their kind and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth according to its kind and every bird according to its kind, every winged creature. They went into the ark with Noah, two and two of all flesh in which there was the breath of life. And those that entered, male and female of all flesh, went in as God commanded him and the Lord shut him in. The flood continued 40 days on the earth. The waters increased and bore up the ark and rose high above the earth. The waters prevailed and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed so mightily on the earth that that all the high mountains under the whole heavens were covered. The waters prevailed above the mountains, covering the 15 cubits deep. And all flesh died that moved on the earth, birds, livestock, beasts, all swarming creatures that swam on the earth, and all mankind. Everything on the dry land in whose nostrils were the breath of life died. He blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heaven. They were blotted out from the earth. Only Noah was left and those who were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed on the earth 150 days. So much here. Yeah. I don't yep. know where to start. Just like there's so much here. And I think it's re- repetitive for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, not just like. Not, what were we saying a while ago about like the poetry of it and not poetry necessarily like we think of today, but. The rhetoric of it, the re- the 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 meter, the tempo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess for, I always think like 
I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I know, right? But, but then it's also like, but do you get it? <laughs> I, and we have to remember this is a translation of a translation of a translation. That's true, too. Um, and so there's probably something here in the original language that we just don't get um, when when we go through all of the translations, especially when it comes to the linguistic meter of it. Yes, exactly. But just thinking about like the pure content of it. Oh my gosh. There's so much. The first thing that always stands out to me when I read this chapter is like in Sunday school, we think that the flood lasted for 40 right. days and 40 nights, but that's not actually true. Right. That's just it how rained. long it rained. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And so it had to rain, flood, and then it had to recede. <laughs> That's right. I don't think it recedes that quickly, obviously. Right. It's 150 days, it said, right? 150 days that the waters prevailed. Yes. So when I think of prevailing, it's yes. like moving strongly. So... It's not like they're receding really at all during this time. It's just like 150 days. Ooh, we are here. Long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're still in this storm. It might not be raining, but yeah, everything's right. still crazy. <gasps> and then the other thing that stands out to me is the fountains of the great deep burst forth. Yes. Oh my gosh. So you're getting, so again, the Sunday school version that we grew up with so that we can comprehend it at a younger age. Right. You're just thinking of rain. But really, it's like the tectonic plates had to move and the earth had to shift so this water could come out. So you're not just getting rain and it it's bursting out of the ground. You're having earthquakes. You're having volcanoes. You're having all of these things happening at the same time. It was cataclysmic. It was catastrophic. It was awful. Right. It's not just like a really bad rainstorm. It's <laughs> There's a reason it was global, right? There's yeah. a reason it touched every single culture, every part of the world. And we see the flood myth in every culture, like bar none. Mm -hmm. I, I can't think of a culture that doesn't have a flood myth. And what would traumatize mankind more than utter destruction? Yeah. And what shows God's power and wrath and righteous anger more so than, like, all of this? Right. Uh, it's beyond our comprehension, but at the same time, when you think, you can try to think of it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, ah. it's hard to wrap my mind around, mm -hmm. but then I kind of look at, like, things that are going on in our own world today. And I'm like, Noah, get the boat. <laughs> Me, you know, time for the boat. Get the boat. <laughs> and I'm just like low key. Oh, that's that's why they rebuilt the ark. Oh, <laughs> we're heading down to Kentucky. Got it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Except God promised He wouldn't flood the earth again. Spoiler alert: If you haven't read the Bible yet, right? Um, if you haven't heard this story yet, <laughs> right. It's it's coming by fire, so the boat probably wouldn't help, yeah. help very much. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and, and everything died. And I also, do you know the difference, like what he's saying when he says clean animals versus? So my understanding is it's the part of the Judaic law, right? The animals. Well, I say that, but the clean, unclean animals haven't actually been established yet. Right. Mm. I was just looking to see if I could find anything. Hmm. Yeah, because the Mosaic law hasn't been established. Right. Let me see what my Bible notes say. Yeah. This is why I always recommend people get a study Bible because they're usually wonderful. they're amazing. They have maps. They have pictures. They have lots of good information from people who actually did the translating part, which, I mean, I would love to know Greek and Hebrew, but it, it's just not going to happen. My brain can't, can't do it. <laughs> yeah. So Leviticus defines the difference between clean and unclean, but, but no that's in Leviticus. Mm -hmm. That's in Leviticus. That don't help me now. We're not told how Noah knew which animals were clean and unclean, but he obviously knew the difference. Okay. I mean, sacrifices were made before the Mosaic Law, which means God right. somehow communicated this. Yeah, so I guess... I guess God had established that to them, and I... Okay, okay. So before Moses, it was an oral tradition. Yeah. It, it was something that was passed down just like within your tribes and your families. Mm -hmm. And because evil was so prevalent at this time, it was a much smaller community of people who were, who were walking in God's footsteps. I mean, we, we can see the line directly. It's yeah. not that hard to pass down a tradition within your own family line. And everyone else has gone nuts around the world. Yeah. But then when we get to... Abraham and Isaac and Moses. Now we're getting generations of people, multiple families, multiple tribes. And so now you really kind of have to write something down. You have to have more than just an oral tradition. Yeah. Or you're going to lose it. Right. <laughs> Maybe they didn't. Maybe they did too. And that just, Noah just didn't have that with him. I just had a thought. Yeah. I don't know. That that's why Genesis is so poetic in nature. It has to be repetitive so you can pass it down orally. Just like all of the children's songs say the same thing like 500 times and you're like, why is this song in my head? I want to stab myself <laughs> in the eyeball. But it serves a purpose because you remember it. You remember. Exactly. You remember the story. Yeah. I get it now. I know. Yeah. And again, we just don't know everything they had before. Because it, right. it's gone. It's gone. So much good stuff. So much good stuff. Let's see. <clears throat> any, any other thoughts? Um, I don't think so. I was reading through chat comments. Sorry. Oh, yeah, you're good. Any chat comments we should put on the board? I mean, Nanasi said, in biblical scholarship, there is a writer of Genesis called the Yahist. These folks were more focused on all things God, and so the story includes Noah offering sacrifices once they're mm. back on land. 
Yeah. Good point. Good point. So, yeah. I also like what Nana C says. But why mosquitoes, Lord? But why? Mosquitoes. <sighs> I have so many questions. Apparently they're necessary. I don't want to hear that. I know. But like if we had, okay, this is crazy study. And if we had no bugs, we wouldn't be able to survive. I know. They pollinate and like whatever. I know. Can't we just have like four times as many bees? Can't we just make up for it with bees and call it a day? Right. It's like, I don't need these things. Suck Butterflies. My blood. Butterflies, exactly. Yeah. And we're good. Right. Yeah. But we don't need spiders. We don't need mosquitoes. Like, just get the, <laughs> get the, I'm convinced that those are the animal Nephilim leftover. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like here. <laughs> Here's a little... Uh, <laughs> that's my quacky take <laughs> i like it i like it listen Just. they suck blood true true nephilim. Uh, nephilim there it is that's they're like you won't suspect it but this is a present from us to you you're welcome <laughs> all right now you're never gonna look at a mosquito the same way again definitely not i'm gonna feel a lot less bad about hitting them which i never feel bad about it anyway but all right. You'll have like righteous judgment in your heart when exactly. you destroy them. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm doing my part. <laughs> Ashes heartless or actual demons in tiny form. Fair. That is fair. fair. Yep. I'll I'll take that too. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Chapter eight. So Noah on the boat with his family. First of all, it's a lot of time to be spent in a cramped space with your family. Second, it's a lot of work with oh my those gosh. animals alone and then the family i'm sure like, things were great <laughs> so great so great i'm sure they, they had all... such a healthy relationship and that doesn't all explain why ham went and hammed it all up hammed it up ham yeah oh gosh Ugh. we're gonna get to ham we'll get there we have a bone to pick with him <laughs> so the flood subsides so chapter eight but god remembered noah thank goodness Thank, thank God he remembered Noah. <laughs> Could you imagine him just being like, oh, yeah, Noah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, forgot. Yeah. Do you My want off that boat? <laughs> you want gills or do you want to, I should put the water away? Okay, yeah, I'll, okay, I'll put it away. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it away. <laughs> <laughs> but God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth and the water subsided. Wind. I always forget that it says that. Sorry. I'm making a note. Uh, yeah, definitely make a note because I'm low-key doing study for uh, Friday's episode. Right. And this is all very important. So if you are yes. here today, right. we're getting a sneak peek at Friday's episode. Ooh, I'm excited. All right. So God made a wind blow over the earth and the water subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows um, of the heavens were closed. The rain from the heavens were restrained and the waters receded from the earth continually. All at the end of 150 days, the waters had abated. And in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mount mountains of Ararat. And the waters continued to abate until the 10th month. In the 10th month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen. So like the flood basically stopped raging. After right. 150 days. Yeah. 
and the water slowly started going down. And you didn't even see the tops of the mountains until like three months later. Right. That's how deep it was. Oh, it said it said up there. Um, shoot. Get up my Bible real quick. Because it said how deep it was or was it how? Um, let's see. Continued. Because I was going to come back to that too. Um, the waters prevailed so mightily on the earth that all the high mountains under the whole heavens were covered. Yeah. The waters prevailed above the mountains, covering them 15 cubits. There. That was what I was thinking of. So a cubit was about 18 inches or 45 centimeters. So times 15. Let me get my calculator. Yes, I'm a nerd. I like it. Times 15. So that's 270 inches divided by 12 is 22.5 feet. You're welcome. So you think of what's the tallest? Um, Everest? Mount Everest was... Not the 12, tallest. No. no uh, okay, I'm going to have to Google it. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Me too. Is 29,032 feet. So 22 feet above Mount Everest. So, at least 29,054 feet deep. Deep. And that's at sea level. So, that's not even including, like, deep, the Marianas Trench deep. That's just, like, at sea level. Right. That's insane. Yeah. That's, again, it gets to be a number where you're just kind of, like, can't even can't even comprehend this that's that's crazy so yeah it took an an additional three months before you could see mountaintops right right mountaintops yeah because it says it came to rest on the mountains of Eret, but that doesn't mean it was dry i imagine like a beached boat yes you know it gets into the sandy part and it's like it's still in the water it's just kind of like stuck now so he's kind of stuck on this mountain right but the there's still water and it continues to sink for another three months at least before you can visibly see the tops of the mountains right and nathan has a good question how do we know that everest didn't form after the flood i don't know i'm just using like a standard we have today i don't know what the tallest would have been then but if we're just using what we have today as an example so we don't i don't know Uh, yeah because it's entirely possible that everest (laughs) now i'm gonna google how old they think now everest is oh 1.5 million years just kidding i probably oh you were pretty close like 60 million years (gasps) oh Yeah, anytime it's in the millions of years, I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> right. Round up just to, just to die. Right. <laughs> We're it's there. all relative at that point. It's true. <laughs> so, yeah, so I was just, again, I was just saying that more as like a something to chew on if it were to happen today, maybe kind of thing. Right. But anyway, so he's on air rat. And yeah, I agree. Like a beached boat. Right. It's not that he's comfortable. Because he still is like, can I come out? Right. And yeah. that's why he keeps sending the doves out. Because he's mm-hmm. looking out like, mm, no way. I ain't leaving yet. Yeah. Uh, so, and the waters continue to bait until the 10th month. And the 10th month on the first day, 
mountains were seen. Okay. At the end of 40 days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he made and sent forth a raven. It went to and fro to see what, until the waters were dried up. From, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're good. It went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then he sent forth a dove for, from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set her foot, and she returned to him out to the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark with him. He waited another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening, and behold, in her mouth was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent forth the dove. And when she did not return to and she did not return to him anymore. In the 601st year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried from off the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth had dried out. Then God said to Noah, Go out from the ark, you and your wife, and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing that is with you of all flesh, birds and animals, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every bird, everything that moves on the earth went out by families from the ark. I like what uh, Ash's Heartless says. Not a dove. I thought the dove was first. I... I always thought so too when I was in Sunday school, but it was a raven first. Mm -hmm. I know. I was, I was like, I just, I remember thinking that because I was like, um, what does that mean? The raven. Oh, oh, Edgar Allan Poe. I don't know. I'm always just looking for an explanation when really it's just he sent a birdie lease. It's right. Fine. It's <laughs> he sent the raven out and the raven was like, never more. Never more. Back. And then it just kept pecking at the at the at, arc. At, at the window door. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Tapping, tapping. Till Noah went insane. Door. Right. And so again, after we see the mountaintops, it's four more months before oh. the water's totally dried up. Could you imagine that too? Like, I know it's going, but we still got to sit here and wait. Like, how about now? Right. It's how like, about now? can you imagine like being the little kid on the road trip and he's like, are we there yet? Yeah. Are we there yet? And it's like, no, we're not there yet. Yeah. I will throw you in that water and not think twice about it. I can't turn this boat around, but I'm going to kick you out. Like you can go swim with the nephilim, right? You can go swimming, see what's in there, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. That would just be um, a lot of patience, I guess. What choice did you have? But if you wanted to survive, yeah, be patient. I feel like there is a lot of symbolism here. I think, yes, you could be right about the raven. I wonder. Did my Bible oh. notes say anything about it? Yeah, I I don't know, but I I was always just like, hmm. The olive leaf is definitely symbolic, right? Yes. What are what do olives symbolize? I forget. The olive oil, right, and Excuse like me. the anointing. Mm-hmm. That's what I always think of, anyways. Just that, that, but right. 
I'm just going to sit here while Jess looks at it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was also thinking of like what it would have looked like. I mean, I guess everything was dry, it says, when he came out. But still, what kind of devastation? You look at a place after like a tornado or a hurricane. What kind of devastation did they see coming out of the ark? Like, I mean, think... Thank God we're out of here. But and now they gotta basically rebuild civilization. So it's this moment in which you probably had this great wealth of knowledge starting out because he was able to build the ark, right? Yeah. But now it's like, well, we basically gotta start over. It's up to us. Here we go, kids. <laughs> right? Are you ready, kids? Are you ready, kids? So my Bible notes say that the raven was chosen because it was a hardy bird that would keep flying, whereas the dove was a more gentle bird and wouldn't fly quite as far. And I think that's kind of interesting. So you're basically measuring, well, is it is it really dry or is it not, right? Right, right. Yeah. That makes that makes good sense. Hardy hardy birds, like ravens. I like what Nana C said. I know. Maybe no devastation. Maybe the extra time on the ark God used to spruce up the place. Right. I have friends coming over. I got to clean up. That's um, me. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I, I feel that deep in my soul. Yeah. Yeah. My house is the cleanest. Had that, you know. Yeah. At, uh, those five seconds before company comes over. Yeah. Boom. And then literally as soon as they leave, all of the dust creeps out of the cracks in the floorboards and just goes, and it's messy instantly. (laughs) The closet pops open, like finally bursts open. You're like, oh, okay. Well, it's going to stay there. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Like, I don't even have the bandwidth to try and fix this. (laughs) No. No. Uh, um, All right. So just to wrap it up, chapter eight. God's covenant with Noah. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. I love it. I do too. And uh, this is basically where we get into where God gives them the rainbow. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Sorry, my brain is just like processing. I was reading it again too. Sorry. You're fine. You can move it. Okay. You want me to start number nine? I don't know if I have anything to say about those two verses. Yeah. Yeah. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the heavens, upon everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea. Into your hands they are delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be for, shall be for you for food. Okay. <clears throat> this is interesting. Because he's basically undoing the clean and unclean thing. Here. Yeah. Because he has now purged the earth 
of any animal that could have interacted with the Nephilim. So, yeah, into your hands they are delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's no, and but then we get the Mosaic Law not long after this, and that's because the Nephilim come back. I never thought about that, but it definitely is a good possibility. Because I've always thought of it just as like from a from a cleansing stamp, like butcher, right, and clean, and what. I didn't That's think because like pork uh, you get lots of diseases from. So right. there's that in part. In but part. what about pork makes it so much more susceptible to disease than like goat, chicken, fish? You know what I'm saying? I think with that one, it really is part part of it is that right. you really do have to butcher that correctly. Yeah. For it to not be. But, but I'm not saying that that's all there is to it. That's just kind of. It's just kind of where I've always left it. Like, sure. Yeah, that's it. I mean, we don't have yeah. to worry about it in theory. We don't have to worry about it now because, right, the New Testament broke all of that. But in those days, right. who knows if there could have been just like more than what more we than, understand. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think that's, I don't think that's crazy. <laughs> I think that about most of this. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I Exactly. I feel like yeah. there's so much more than I could ever understand. It's, I have a thousand questions. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> but anyway. Okay. But you shall not eat flesh with its life. That is its blood. And your lifeblood, I will require a reckoning. From every beast, I will require it. And from man, from his fellow man, I will require a reckoning for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of a man, by man shall his blood be shed, for God made man in his own image. And you be fruitful and multiply, increase greatly on the earth and multiply it. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring, and with every living creature with you, and the birds and the livestock and every beast of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark, it is for every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you, that never again shall all the flesh of... not. That never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. Okay, so he said it. He not said gonna it. Do it again. Right. Doesn't mean it's not going to rain fire and brimstone on it. Right. Right. Just just the water. I won't flood it. Right. Again. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. The, the true meaning of the rainbow yes. is God's covenant with Noah, with God's covenant with man that he shall never flood the earth again. And it's not some weird lib thing. <laughs> It's not for your sexual perversion. It's no. a Christian symbol. Yeah. Hashtag take back the rainbow. <laughs> exactly. Exactly though. And again, it's one of those other things where it's just like turned on its head yeah. and made a mockery of, in my oh, opinion. So yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I've heard uh, lots of atheists claim, oh, well, rainbows existed before this. You don't think God, who authored the laws of physics, could specifically change the laws of physics so water would reflect, li- refract light in this way post-flood? Right. Do you not think maybe there might have been a different set of laws of physics before this maybe so we could open up the bed. earth? Yeah. Yeah. Also, after all of that, do you think the rainbow would have been like brighter? Right? I don't know. I no, that's no actually idea. a good point. Like maybe there could have been tiny rainbows. Like you see like small reflection, refractions of light and tiny mm-hmm. water droplets. But that mm-hmm. was the first time anyone had witnessed a true rainbow end to end in the clouds. Yeah. Either way, I'm sure it was gorgeous because <laughs> they were outside and God promised to not do that to them again. So, <laughs> Yes, but there it is. I love it. I do too. I love what Nana C says. I think the rainbow is spectacular. Me too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Sorry. I just had You to think Ham was like double rainbow and like I'm just yeah. kidding. Anybody remember that? <sighs> oh, <man>. oh, <laughs> I'm done. Man. I'm done. Anyway. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> the sons of Noah who went forth from the ark were Shem, Ham. And Japheth, we just, uh, Ham. Yep. Ham, he even says it here. Ham was the father of Canaan. Warning. In case you didn't know. Yeah. It's his fault. Okay, here we go, guys. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these, the people of the whole earth were dispersed. Noah began to be a man of the soil, and he planted a vineyard. He drank of the wine and became drunk and lay uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, and walked backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned backward, and they did not see their father's nakedness. When Noah awoke from his wine and knew... What his youngest son had done to him, he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall be, shall he be to his brothers. He also said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth and let him dwell in the tents of Shem and let Canaan be his servant. After the flood, Noah lived 350 years. All the days of Noah were 950 years and he died. <sighs> <sighs> Rude. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for, for those who didn't hear our Canaanites episode, just like quick recap on what you gave us. Yeah. So basically, Ham did this to his dad, obviously. And I think it was a lot of shame. I also imagine in my head that he's like, dudes, go check this out. They're like, bro, what's wrong with you? Like, everybody has that one. Right. And he was that one. Why it was Canaan rather than Ham, I, I'm i not sure. I don't think a lot of people really know. There's a lot of different, like, guesses. One being that Canaan was just as bad, maybe worse than, than Ham. Um, Might have been a lot more going on than just what this story says. Who knows? Obviously, we don't really know, no. But... From Canaan, 
came the Canaanites and they kind of in their own way, like the tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel, the Canaanites had all of their tribes, all the ites that you see were from Canaan and they inhabited the promised land and were the reason that (laughs) the Israelites had to go and take back, you know, take it all back. And they were, they were terrible people. Basically, God would God said to I think Moses or Joshua, I can't remember at this moment, but he was like, It's not because I think it was Moses. He's like, You don't get this because of how good and righteous you Israelites you are. Right. But it is because of how wicked and awful these Canaanites are. And I mean, yes, it's the promised land, but he was also saying, like, I'm doing this to wipe them out because they are so awful. So you see this repetition from before Noah, the pre-Diluvian attitude that the the evil in everybody's hearts and then you go into Canaan and it's like oh seen this before and God's like get rid of it get rid of it and again we make the connection with the Nephilim here too because I Ham's wife also is said to have been um of ne- like to have had Nephilite right DNA or that's a it's a theory I'm not um but that's kind of how it got passed on through anyway so ham and his line it's just kind of like dude you done messed up yeah and there's really like two uh well i guess three hypotheses as to what exactly ham did there's the one where he just like walks in the tent makes fun of his dad and is like teasing his brothers like hey you know this is dumb right um that I feel like is very much the Sunday school sort of presentation to kind of clean it up. And it's kind of hard to understand fully what is going on here. The phrase that stands up to me is that when Noah woke from his wine and knew what his son had done to him. So not that he was just making fun of him, that they would have said what his youngest son had said, but right. no, what he had done. Yes. So, Ham clearly has taken some sort of action. Now, did he sleep with Noah's wife? Right. That is a theory. Or did he sodomize his dad? Yeah. Yeah. That's a theory, too. Definitely. What he had done to him. So, and even if, uh, I'm playing devil's advocate here, even if it is exactly what it said. Right. Noah felt that something had been done to him, like physically. And as far, like, it was so shameful. Right. It felt physical. Does that make sense? That's it does. A, that's a stretch, too. I really don't know. I'm just kind of throwing all these things. Nobody really. Yeah, I mean, no one truly knows. But those are two theories that, that we talked about and that they came across as well. Right. That Ham did a lot more than this, like, tidy little right. clean story that we get. And to me, it gives more context for the curse of Canaan, because if Canaan is the offspring from (coughs) the uh, relationship between Ham and his own mom, yeah, I can see why he would curse Canaan. Yes. And that was, that was part of it too. I forgot that part. Like if Ham did something with his mom and they had Canaan, I think Noah would have a right to be like, well, I mean, the kid didn't do anything, but you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I can still see why he might have spewed a curse of that kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, 
Nanacy says the footnotes from her Reformation study Bible speaks about public nakedness was shameful and Ham would have treated Noah with respect, not scornfully report on Noah's nakedness. So it could have been that too. And that's the, that's the one, that's the biggest one I could find was like the shame of it. Right. There's a lot of, there's a lot of theories out there. So your mic's coming in kind of funny. Ah, it's okay. <laughs> it's not a hot down stream if if it's if there are no tech issues. True, true. I'm gonna mess with this for a second. Sorry. Okay, no, you're good. I can go ahead and start on chapter ten while you play around with it. All right, the descendants from Noah. These are the generations of the son of Noah: Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Sons were born to them after the flood. The sons of Japheth were Gomar, Magog, oh, here we go with the names, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshech, and Tiras. The sons of Gomer, oh, Lord, Ashkenaz, Ripa, Togarma, yeah, that's those are Gomer's sons. The sons of Javan were Elishad, Elishad. Elisha, Tarshish, Kittim, Dodanim. <coughs> Those are the sons of Javan. Okay. From these, the coastland people spread in their lands, each with his own language, by their clans in their nations. The sons of Ham were Cush, Egypt, Put, and Canaan. Whoa. I missed this the first time I read it. Yeah. From Ham, we literally get the, nation, the country Egypt. There's also a theory that that's like his wife, Ham's wife, was Egyptus. So like the started it all. Yeah. Whoa. I don't know how I'm sounding. Sorry. Hopefully it. You sound still kind of weird. Maybe it's mine. No. It's not you. It's me. But I don't know. Hold on. All right. So yeah, that was one thing I was reading in my Canaanite. That is wild. It's like every time I read Genesis, I learn something new. All right. Uh, let's see. Okay. The sons of Cush were Seba, Havilah, Sabata, Rama, and Sabteca. The sons of Rama were Sheba and Dedan. Cush fathered Nimrod. Yep. He was the first on earth to be a mighty man. Okay. So I wonder. If perhaps that maybe it's not Ham's wife who was necessarily had the Nephilim blood, or maybe she did, but it's very clearly, oh, you sound better now. Okay. Yay. Very clearly by the time we get to there, something happens with Cush to get Nimrod. Cause to me, Nimrod is the next first Nephilim. Yeah. Cause he's described as the first mighty man, the first on earth to be a mighty man post flood. Yeah. And the Nephilim were also described as being mighty men. Yeah. Men of the warriors and whatnot. Yeah. Right. Um, the beginning of his kingdom. Yeah. So Nimrod is a big deal. Right. And not not so good. Not not such a good guy. Yeah. Not so cool. Anyway. Uh, he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. 
it is not said like that. It, they call you a Nimrod if you're an idiot. <laughs> That's so not what, how Nimrod is anymore. Yeah. What happened in our culture that Nimrod went from meaning mighty man to idiot? Right. I'm so curious about that. How did that change? I don't know. But <laughs> that just cracks me up. Okay. The beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Eric, Akkad, and Kalna in the land of Shinar. These names. Okay. From the land he went into Assyria and built Nineveh, Rehoboth, Rehoboth, Ur, Kala, and Risen, between Nineveh and Kala, that is the great city. Egypt fathered Ludim, Anamim, Lahabim, Nafutim, can all the M's stop? Pathrusim, Kalusim, from who the Philistines came. Okay, that's good to know. So, and then the Philistines were another type of Nephilim, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had giants as well. Yeah. And Kaphtorim. Canaan fathered Sidon, his first bone, and Heth. Heth, okay. And the Jebusites and the Amorites and the Girgashites and the Hivites and the Arkites and the Sinites and the Arvadites and the Zemorites and the Hamathites. All the ites. All the ites. Gotta collect them all. (laughs) (laughs) He did. (laughs) He sure did. (laughs) All right. Afterwards, the clans of the Canaanites dispersed and the territory of the Canaanites extended from Sidon in the direction of Gerar as far as Gaza and in the direction of Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, and Zeboim as far as Lasha. These are the sons of Ham by their clans, their languages, their lands, and their nations. So a lot of time is given to understand Ham's lineage. Mm-hmm. A lot of time is given to understand that, which means, and most of Ham's lineage is in conflict with the Israelites. Yes. So God clearly felt it to be important for us to know where they came from. Yeah, absolutely. Like the conflict did not spring out of nowhere. Right. You know, it wasn't God just being like, and I don't like them. So. Right. And like you were saying during our Canaanite episode, it's not like when Israel warred with any other nation that they would utterly annihilate any other nation like they would annihilate these. No, he other, specifically yeah. said, you know, yeah, you treat them. This is this. These are like the rules of war, and you don't touch this, this, and this, and you leave the women and the children. Right. But this time, <laughs> right, you're going for it. And that's All because there was some deep wickedness in Ham's line. Yes, very specifically. Mm-hmm. Hmm. We see that here. I mean, yeah. we see the lineage anyway. Right. Yeah. And just like getting to read it in Genesis gives it a lot of context. Mm-hmm. So to Shem also, the father of all the children of Eber, the elder brother of Japheth, children were born. The sons of Shem were Elam, Asher, uh, Parshad, Lud, and Aram. The sons of Aram were Uz, Hol, Gether, and Mash. Arshad. Fathered Shelah, and Shelah fathered Eber. To Eber were born two sons. The name of the one was Peleg. For in his days the earth was divided, and his brother's name was Joktan. Joktan fathered 
Almodad Shalpath has. <laughs> Why is it? No, like I'm this? sorry. I didn't realize you got the short end of the stick tonight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hazar Mavath, Jera, Hadoram, Uzal, Dikla. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> I'm 12. I'm sorry. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Oval, Abimel, Sheba, Ofer, Havilah, and Jobab. God, why? (laughs) Why are there names like this? Why? I have more questions about the names than I do the mosquitoes. Yeah. At this point. Uh, All these were the sons of Joktan. All right, the ter- we're almost there, guys. The territory in which they lived extended from Mesha in the direction of Sephar to the hill country of the east. These are the sons of Shem by their clans, their languages, their lands, and their nations. These are the clans of the sons of Noah according to their genealogies in their nations. And from these, the nations spread abroad on the earth after the flood. Ooh, that was a lot of names. Bravo! Yay! Oops. I know I'm being super whiny about it, but the names are actually super important. The names are important, but it's also to, just such a big difference from how we how we speak today, how they spoke then, the right. all of it. Yeah. So I like what Nancy says. My older daughter's Bible study group just started to say "ba ba ba" for the names. I mean, you might as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I survived. Yay! She did it. Ah, and you and it's funny too because it's like all these names I'm sure mean something and yeah yeah <laughs> names are very important. Like so often in the Bible, they'll be like this person was born and it has this meaning. Yeah. So I'm sure there's so much more we could learn from these genealogies if we understood the meaning of the names. Yeah. Um. But I don't. <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah, and again, even when you just look at Ham's line and it's like, oh, there's that and there's that. They come up again. I'm sure you could do the same with Shem and Japheth's line. Like, and this guy actually connects to this and that. Some of them anyway. But. Right. We do see lots of connections. Like, I never made the Egypt connection before. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Kush is also. Kush. Mm-hmm. Another big one. Yep. Um, and of course we get babbled Nimrod. So it's not like there's not really important clues here. This is another one I miss. I can't say his name. Kalu him. But, yep. but from him came the Philistines. Yeah. And uh, Goliath was a Philistine. And it was. And again, to see that they're all connected that way because this is still sons of ham right further down so uh, did any of them do anything good (laughs) (laughs) that's the thing it's like okay if i look at ham's line we got uh egypt who became the country that enslaves the jewish people Mm -hmm. check um we got nimrod who created the tower of babel awesome um, we've got Kalusim, who 
uh, fathered the line of the Philistines from whom Goliath comes. Dun, dun, dun. There's going to be Nineveh's in there. Yeah, Nineveh. Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, my gosh. It's like. Yeah. These guys, they they had some problems. Right. And, And that's just the top half. Then we get into Canaan. Yeah. And all of his. Ites. All the the Pokemon Go of Ites. Yeah. <laughs> and the, yeah, from them we get Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. So. Adam and Zeboim were part of that too. And yeah. It's cool too because the more you understand it and the more you make the connections, the more um, you're like, oh, and that and that. And you can see like, oh, well um, – Oh, what was I going to say? It was something about Sodom and Gomorrah and just all of it. Oh, and later there's, you know, this war and this, the king whose name I cannot remember because it was very hard to pronounce, goes to war with all the kings of like Sodom, Gomorrah, Zeboim, all of them. And Abraham has to rescue Lot from that. I don't know. It's just, it's just cool because you're like, oh, I get it. Right. I don't know. I get it now. It's fun. And then our next set, we get into the Tower of Babel, but I don't know. Do we want to save that for our next Bible stream? I'll save it for next one. Yeah, I like it. I'm going to look a little bit into Nimrod in between now and then, mm-hmm. too, just to, just to add to it. Yeah, I like it. Yay! We got a question from Data12. I missed any info at intro, if any, on the archaeological dig by Elise. So I told everybody Friday you went on this crazy archaeological dig. What'd you find? I know. I wish I wish a bouquet <laughs> at a wedding. A bouquet? Like an ancient bouquet? <laughs> no, I was not that cool. I was at a wedding on Friday. However, I was talking to PJ, uh, and he was saying that we are going to – so Bookstore Thor tweeted – about like Stonehenge that's underwater. Oh yes, in Michigan. In Michigan. And so I think PJ and I are going to make a trip over there and go check it out. So more to come on that, but I haven't done anything cool like that yet. I don't know. Have you guys heard of Petoskey stones? They're like Michigan stone. Oh, State you told stone. me about them once. Yeah, they're fossils. Like yeah. And you can see them. Um, hold on. For anybody who doesn't, I'm going to see if I can pull up a picture real quick but anyway there um you can find them in all the great lakes but i have lived here my whole life and i found like you know a handful the other day my daughter and i found 10 in like half an hour so i was like there's my archaeological dig i found these fossils see you're like i didn't go on any archaeological dig comes (laughs) back with fossils yeah i'm gonna have them uh Polished so they actually Ooh, look cool. I'm excited. You'll have to show them on stream when you get them polished. I will. Yeah. And maybe I'll show you on stream just so you have an idea. Maybe not. Hold on. Hold on. I believe in you. Let Yay. us know in the comments, guys, what you thought about the Bible stream. I thank you for comment. being here. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Ash is heartless. Thank you for the truth and real info. God bless you guys for bringing it to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Ash is heartless, for always being here. I know tech's not always super good to you, but we appreciate you coming all the time. We yes. love seeing you. Love seeing Agreed. everybody in the chat. You guys are the best. I'm going back to the Bible study. Because okay. 
Yeah. Here, I'll switch this. I guess. Here. Yeah. Fit, fit. Ha ha. Ooh, I like it. Hold on. I'll get this. But yeah, that's basically what they look like. They're not very big. They're cool though. Yeah. They're fun. They're not easy to find. I'm just saying that so I feel better about myself. Yeah. But anyway. Next person goes that to was my and dig. finds like 50 of them. I know. Exactly. Those are cool. Yeah. Do you know what they're fossils of? Like, um, yes. No, I can't think of it. Hold on. <laughs> I'm just curious. Like, It's pretty much coral is... Uh, Emma Shorty, Come I look on. forward to the Hawkhound Monday Bible studies. Thank you so Yay. much for being here for our Bible study. It was a blast. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um. That's okay, Jelly. We appreciate you being here anyway. Yeah, thank you. Nothing. Nothing wants to cooperate. My That's my okay. internet, everything. Anyway, you can tweet about it later. Check out. I will. Yeah, if you guys aren't following Curly Q Eight, yeah, make sure you Something follow like her that. on Twitter. Something like that. I'll yeah. post about it. And then this Friday, we are talking about the younger Dryass and the Clovis comment, which is hardcore related to what we talked about tonight. Yes, definitely. So I'm excited. Which again, didn't plan that. Right. We were told to do this episode. Uh, basically. Kind of. Abby Loki bullied us into doing it. But it was I'm a very glad strong suggestion. Me too. It <laughs> was a great one. So many of our episodes, like, probably shouldn't say this. We don't plan anything. We're like, next Friday comes around. So what do we do next week? Mm-hmm. It's I'm like, looking. we're just letting God lead this whole thing. Yeah. Flying by the seat of our pants. Yeah. It's it's it, it's funny how it's all worked out because it's kind of like this feels right, right. Oh, and that's why. Okay, got it. It's a god thing, like Nancy says. Yeah, so it's been cool. But thank you so much for being here, guys. We'll check you out next time this Friday. Any last thoughts, Lise? Thank you for being here. Have a blessed week, you guys. I hope this started off your Monday night pretty good. Get some rest and enjoy the rest of your week. See you Friday. See you next time. Yay.